0: All right, y'all, we are back for another episode and it's going to have a little bit of a different vibe. What I am wondering is are you losing your voice as a parent of an autistic child? And hear me out, this can be a hard reality to recognize. And awareness is always the key to change. So we have to be aware of something before we're ever going to be able to change our behaviors. And so We're going to really think about ways that you might be losing your voice as a parent of an autistic child. Maybe you're receiving a lot of input that is disempowering you as your child's advocate, or maybe you're also losing yourself in between all of your responsibilities. So today we're going to dive into that. This episode is meant to challenge you and your routines and doing the status quo. It might be hard to hear and just know that I'm here to support you. We're going to really unpack this together today. But if you're in a place where you feel like you're not mentally ready to listen to this episode, that is okay. You can always come back at a later time and listen to it when you do feel ready to kind of hear more of the reality. So what we're going to cover today is really understanding how existing systems may be challenging your intuition and in making the best decisions for your child. And we're also going to talk about identifying what is standing in the way of you serving yourself. I'm Dr. Tay, a licensed child psychologist and parental mindset coach specializing in autism. I have supported hundreds of autistic children and their families and have been in the autism field for over a decade. I'm the host of Evolve, the podcast where we have real conversations that are designed for autism parents just like you. Each week, we will discuss topics that directly impact your life, from providing psychoeducation about autism and neurodiversity, to talking about your personal growth, well-being, and evolution as a parent. We dive into it all. Just keep in mind, nothing shared on this podcast is clinical advice, and you should consult with a medical or mental health provider if you need support. Now, let's get to talking about finding your voice. So from the get-go, I I just want to say this. parenting is complex. I heard something actually the other day, and it was like, as parents, which total disclaimer, totally being open, I am not a parent yet. I just have the privilege of really learning from parents. I have parents share really vulnerable things with me. And by learning to listen, I've learned a lot about being a parent. I understand that parenting is complex, it is not easy. And I think things are often oversimplified for parents in terms of recommendations and tips and all of that. And so we're just gonna have really real conversations. And part of that real conversation is not only is parenting complex in and of itself, but then parenting an autistic child has even more complexity. And you're not given a handbook. It doesn't matter if your child is autistic or not. You were not given a handbook at birth. Although I think that would be the most genius thing in the world. But here's the thing, even a handbook couldn't fully prepare you because being immersed in this experience of parenthood is what gives you the expertise on your child, what empowers you to be able to make the best decisions for your child. And guess what? You are going to make mistakes in this process. The goal is not perfection, but you can learn and you can evolve from those mistakes. So here's the thing with this complexity is, I want to put this out there because I think this is important, is that you love your child. You would do anything for your child. There is no doubt about that. And you still deserve to feel seen, heard, and supported. Your voice matters in all of this. Just as you're viewing your child as this precious being, you are a precious being too. And the thing that I heard the other day is you're just an adult child. And as an adult child, you are learning how to parent your child. You are learning how to show up for your child. And what that means by being an adult child is you are still learning. You are still growing. You are still evolving. And there are some things that still need to be unlearned. There are some things that, you know, maybe you learned as a child that aren't serving you now. And so you have to go through the process of unlearning those. I hope this episode, my hope for it, is that you take it and you hear that you absolutely love your child. And I want to empower you and help you be the best advocate for them. And I want to help empower you to create space for yourself. Your intuition as a parent of an autistic child is absolutely a gift. And it's often told to turn down its volume, unfortunately. And that's because of our systems and the way that they're operating. So your first concerns, you were maybe told to wait and see. You went to your pediatrician. You're like, I have concerns about my child's development. And they're like, oh, he's just a boy, or they'll grow out of it, or she's just a little shy. They're too young to diagnose autism or any sort of developmental delay. So let's just wait and see what happens. Right there, you are disempowered. Your gut intuition is saying, I'm concerned about my child and you're having an expert tell you, no, 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 you don't need to be concerned. And here's the thing. Experts like And what I mean by experts in this sense is like professionals, most of them, I mean, obviously no human is perfect and there are people that are bad intention, but let's just assume good intention. Maybe the pediatrician in that moment is thinking that they're supporting you, that they're serving you. And the way that you receive it, understandably so, is that you just feel like your voice isn't heard at all. So what might be well-intentioned by people and professionals in the system, this includes myself as well. Like, I'm sure I've made mistakes in the process, but you simply hear that like your voice doesn't matter in this. And yet, most likely, if you've gone through that diagnostic process, you can look back at your first concerns and be like, "Ah, I was right. So sometimes I'm finding, this m- blows my mind because it is absolutely how I, I was never trained this way and I will never run my business this way or my practice this way. But some diagnostic processes is it's really the parent's input is not valued. I hear stories about, well, they just gave me a questionnaire and then made a decision based on that. And I'm like, what? Like one questionnaire or a couple of questionnaires. And yeah, You might think, well, I'm giving my input through these, but that data oversimplifies sometimes what is going on. Real conversations matter. And the clinician should never be making a decision without you. You should feel absolutely empowered in this process, like you are a team working collaboratively to figure out how to support your child. If you haven't gone through the diagnostic process yet, I encourage you, find someone that helps you to feel valued in this process because I am telling you the parent's input is the thing that I I find most important, most valuable to get because you're the one that sees your child day in and day out. Okay, starting therapy services. Granted, I should Say this, I should caveat this. You might not have experienced all of these. I'm just going through examples that I have heard time and time again and ways that your voice as a parent of an autistic child may be again disempowered, may be told to turn its volume down. And what I want you to take from this episode is I want you to turn the volume all the way the hell up. Yes, you heard me say that. Put it on loud because you and your voice matters. And your voice for your child is the most important thing that professionals around you should be listening to. And, you know, that ultimately your role as a parent is to take input from professionals or I'm saying professionals, but I love to going into the autistic community and speaking with autistic adults and listening to their lived experience. And I still want to empower you that you can take all of that in, but you're the expert of your child. So maybe you haven't experienced all of these, but ask yourself, like, is your volume being turned down because of the way things are working right now? So maybe starting therapy services, you're told your insurance doesn't cover that service or you're told you have to wait until there's a spot and you're looking at five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 months out up to a year. Like I hear this all the time right there. Your voice is being disempowered. Your voice is being turned down because you're trying to get your child the support and the system is failing you. Or maybe you're even discouraged from pursuing those services because there's such a long wait list. You're told, oh, well, we're not putting anyone else on our wait list right now. Or sometimes like, yeah, it's not really that important that you start those services. But in your gut, you're feeling, no, my child needs this support. Maybe as you have questions, what's happening is you try to ask them, but no one has time for you, for your questions. Maybe your pediatrician appointment, we know those are really quick paced. Again, it's not the pediatrician's fault. It's the system failing the pediatrician. They have 15 minutes with you to cover everything. I was talking with a parent the other day, and they said they went into the pediatrician with a list of questions that were specific to their child's behavior and development. And they ended up only talking about things more, quote unquote, medical things related to physical. But your child's health is more than just their physical health. And so maybe you get into there and you don't feel like you have the space or the time to ask the questions you need. And I'm going to be really real. And this is not, I I probably should say this. this is by no means a slight on pediatricians. Again, I really believe it's the system that's failing these pediatricians with things like how long they have to see you. But also they might not have received a lot of education about autism. So your questions you're going in asking about autism, they might not be the best person to ask those questions to. You also might be like, okay, my child's therapist, I want to ask them questions. But your child's therapist is so focused on your child. And maybe some of your questions are about your child. But maybe you also want to cry out, like, I am so burnt out. I am so overwhelmed. I'm running all around town to all these different appointments. Like, how do I manage this? And maybe you even take that next step and you're like, I need someone to support me. So you go to your own therapist, but do they know autism? Do they know how to help you navigate this stage of life? And that was a huge gap that I saw. And that's another way that your voice is turned down. As you advocate for an IEP, An IEP is an individual education program plan. It is what in the school system gives your child accommodations and interventions. And so often I see this where parents get the clinical diagnosis, then also hoping they'll get the services at school. And they don't because their child is denied an IEP. They say things like, your child doesn't have enough impairment in school. They're not severe enough. Or we don't see that here. Again, it's turning down your voice. As you implement discipline, maybe you're in a store and you're telling your child no, or maybe you've done nothing. Your child is tantruming in the store and you've learned as the expert of your child that trying to comfort them in that moment actually makes the tantrum worse. That giving them space is the best way. Maybe you're saying things like, I understand you're really upset. It's okay. And reassuring them, but you can't physically pick them up because maybe they'll kick and scream. Like they don't like that sensory input when they're having a tantrum, right? And you're the expert. You know how to handle these. You've learned how to navigate these. And yet you feel all the stares around you. You feel people staring at you in that moment and judging you. And sometimes I hear from parents that it's not the actual situations that happen out in public. It's the perceived judgment that feels hardest or that people give looks or they're staring and all of that. That feels like the most lonely part of this. As you make decisions for your autistic child that you would make for all of your children, should they do gymnastics or soccer? Should you fight them to wear a winter coat? Should you take a college tour? And then you're faced with hearing things like, can your child do that? Or should your child do that? Should you put them in gymnastics? Can they handle that? Well, a winter coat, like maybe you should just let them not wear one because of their sensory needs. But you're like, uh, it's 15 degrees outside. You're constantly challenged in some ways. And Again, it's turning down the volume of your voice. So all of these, they silence your voice. And these are just some examples that I have heard direct from parents' mouths of what they experience. And so by silencing your voice, you become more hesitant to advocate for your child. Your child needs you to advocate. Okay, here's the thing. A lot of times we're talking about advocating in terms of, maybe your child doesn't know how to advocate for themselves yet. Either they don't have that verbal ability to be able to communicate. Developmentally, they're not at that stage. They haven't learned that skill, you name it. But also, even if they have all of that, still in that moment, there's a lot of pressure and they might not be able to do it for themselves. They need you to advocate for them. And so what I want to tell you is to follow your intuition. And like I said, All of this happens, unfortunately, because I find that the system is failing you and your family. I wish I could change the system issues, and I'm slowly starting to think of ways to do this, but it is one of the reasons that I have launched the businesses that I have. It's one of the reasons I've started this podcast. It's one of the reasons that I've created a community for parents of autistic children is to start to change this narrative. And it is one of the reasons that I developed the whole family approach. Because if you're not supported, you are more likely to doubt yourself. You are more likely to withdraw, to turn down your volume. And I realize the value in supporting parents also directly impact the autistic child as well. So I want you to stop and realize you have every answer you need. It's inside of you because you're the expert of your child. You. You are the expert of your child, no one else. And so when you second guess yourself, it it starts to wear on that idea of you being the expert. Or when you start to really only listen to the outside voices, you need to listen to the outside voices to collect data and make the best decision. But when you over rely on it, you start to lose your voice. And here's the thing. There's no handbook for how to do this. So you're not going to know immediately every answer, but you'll figure it out. And that is what I really want you to hear and take away from this episode. You have the most lived experience with your child. And so I, even though it's not my ownership, I think sometimes that parents need to hear this is I am giving you permission to gather the info, and then decide to go a different way. I'm giving you the permission to tell someone no because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel aligned. It won't serve your child the best. I am giving you permission to turn your volume, like I already said, all the way the hell up. And I hope you take that and you embrace that. Again, it's not about me giving permission, but I just, I want you to hear that. And then I want you to start embodying, giving yourself permission to do all of that. Here's the thing we know from research. This is really well studied. I, and this is a question I get a lot too, is like, what can I do to support my child? Like, what is going to create the best outcomes? What is going to help them grow into an adult and learn the skills that they need, and all of that. And the thing that we know from research is that parental involvement is the most predictor of long-term outcomes. So the fact that you're listening right now, your child is so lucky to have you. Let me repeat that. Your child is so lucky to have you. Take that in. It can be hard because there are so many things around you that are causing you to doubt your abilities. And I want you to realize your intuition is there. Everything you need to know is inside of you. And your voice matters. So incredibly important. Now, you might be taking this all in and feeling like, okay, I hear this. This is a hard pattern to shift, and I want to recognize it. It's not as easy as me showing up on one podcast episode and telling you that you're the expert, that you start to step into that and empowering yourself. That can be hard, especially if you've repeatedly learned how to disempower yourself. Listening to your intuition, you have so many things, so many stimuli that override that intuition. So, why is that? So, you and everyone has developed what are called habits of thinking. And these habits of thinking are just how your brain naturally thinks, what it defaults to. And your thoughts then are what are creating these actions. And so if I just talk about this from the action standpoint, go change your actions, go go have a louder voice, what's going to happen is these Well-developed habits of thinking that you've developed for decades of your life are going to come in and they're going to make you question yourself. And you're going to end up defaulting back to those old behavioral habits because your thoughts are not aligning with the actions you're trying to take. And so shifting how your brain thinks is so key in this. And one of the ways you can start to do this and start to gain awareness, this is a completely free tool called a habits of thinking assessment. It's going to measure how your brain thinks in 36 different domains or 36 different ways. You can go to habitfindercoach.com forward slash Dr. Tay. And I'm going to talk a little bit more on that later. And what this can do is help you to understand what thoughts may be sabotaging your actions and really finding your voice. The other thing that I want to give you an actionable, too, in addition to becoming more aware of your thoughts, is slowing down the process in general. So when a decision comes up, start asking yourself, what do I really feel? What do I really think is right? And just slow down. And it kind of allows you to tap into that intuitive state that internal part of you that is speaking to you. Often we only think about our brain thinking, but our brain is very cerebral. It's gonna try to process things. It's gonna do a pros and cons list, but listen to what your body is trying to tell you. What is it telling you? And when we slow down enough, we usually can hear that voice too. So we've talked a lot about parenting on this podcast so far. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of transition Right now, to talking about you. What about you as a human being? You're still there. The person of you that existed pre kids, pre relationship, that's still inside of you. It just might not be as loud. It might not be how you portray yourself and what your values are, but there are some core components of that version of you, the true you that are coming into your current world, that do still matter. And so the question then becomes, how are you serving yourself? How are you listening to those parts of yourself? Are you always canceling on yourself? Are you always putting other things above you or other people above you? Are you always talking down to yourself? Are you always questioning yourself? here's the thing, you wouldn't do these things to your child and you wouldn't want your child to do these things to themselves. So why are you doing it to yourself? And yeah, I'm going to say it again, it's hard to hear. But what are you modeling to your children? Are you modeling your self-worth? We talked in episode two about how modeling is an incredibly effective way for children to learn are you modeling self-worth of what you want them to learn? Your internal state predicts how you interact with them. Are you burnt out? Your children feel that. Your partner feels that. Your job feels that. And so sometimes in our current world, we're told serving ourselves is selfish. And I wish this narrative would change. I feel like it's slowly starting to shift, but still is out there. It still exists. You are told that it's selfish, so it makes it harder to do it. But what if we just took a step back that, yes, I'm talking about you, but what if I told you the impact that serving yourself will have on your children, will have on your family, will have on all of your responsibilities? That takes away that feeling of selfishness that I'm doing this for me. And in return, what you're going to discover in this process is, yes, it serves all of those people, but you're going to finally find yourself worthy enough of serving yourself too, that it doesn't mean you're selfish and that you do have time. So let's talk about why is it so hard to serve yourself besides the outside voices internally? Why is it so hard for you to shift to that? And I want to talk about three thought patterns right now. These are three thought patterns that the Habits of Thinking Assessment will tell you if you have or not. So number one is what is your primary driver? Is your primary driver obligation where you're constantly saying, I have to do that, I need to do that, I should do that. And you're showing up out of this place of like everything you should or have to or need to be doing. Your primary driver isn't self-directed. So you're just in go, go, go mode because the way your thoughts are thinking is you naturally feel obligated. And as I say this, you might even have resistance to this. You might be like, no, 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 it's an obligation for me to do X, Y, and Z. But this isn't necessarily about obligation in that sense of like, you might enjoy it. You might know it's important, but it's the place that's driving you. You can still do these things and have it come from this place of being fully self-directed. And that obligation creates a lot of resentment. It can create a lot of going into like go mode and not really thinking about what you're doing. And it can create a lot of burnout. So that's one of the reasons it's so hard to serve yourself. Number two is in terms of finding peace, is your brain wired in a way right now? And here's the thing, I should have said this sooner is all of these are changeable. This is where we learn to shift our thoughts. It can create massive success and results in that outer world, that external world, in your actions, in your behaviors. And so these are changeable. So in terms of finding peace, one of the measurements can show up as discouraged. Maybe you don't even see the point. You've shoved down serving yourself so much that It's like, what's the point? I don't even have time for that. It's not important. Like my role right now at this phase of life is to be a mother, is to be, you know, a a spouse or a partner. My role right now is to show up in my job. But here's the thing. When you have that discouragement, it is sucking out so much of your joy. This is an actual line from the assessment itself that I think is really important to hear. So it said, should you surrender to this habit, which is this habit of thinking and feeling discouraged, you might be tempted to hold reality hostage to these expectations and resent your current circumstances. This habit is the greatest destroyer of joy in your journey and self-worth. I mean, that's pretty powerful. So you can Take the assessment and see if you have this habit of thinking, but also ask yourself, is there right now that sometimes you do have that resentment pop up? And that resentment, just to clarify, might be followed by guilt. Like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. No, no, no. I'm so grateful. I have a really blessed life. Like, I should not be feeling this way. That is a doorbell of awareness that if you find yourself saying things like that, it's most likely because there's some feeling a feeling discouraged, a feeling resentful, a feeling like you don't have control over your current circumstances. And the last thought pattern is worthiness and worth. Is that conditional? Are you saying, I'll do this when X, Y, and Z happens? Or I'll be successful when X, Y, and Z happens? Is your internal self-worth reliant on external things? Is it conditional? And again, straight from the assessment results, it talks about there are five primary causes in order of frequency that cause this conditional mindset. Number one is unmet expectations. Number two, comparison with others. Number three, traumatic events. Number four, secrets. Number five, primary focus of doing. Y'all, this is sometimes the recipe that I see for autism parents. Unmet expectations. Absolutely. You had expectations of what your child's life would look like. And you, again, you may love your child. You may fully embrace their diagnosis. You may fully embrace them. But there's still some shifting of expectations that have to happen. And It might feel like some of them are unmet. Comparison with others, you know, watching other families, what they get to do, or watching other children and the milestones that they're hitting. Traumatic events. Hearing that diagnosis might have been traumatic for you, and that's okay. Your feelings in all of this are valid. It doesn't mean that if you had that traumatic response to it, real quick caveat here is, trauma in terms of ptsd sense we're talking about big t trauma what i'm talking about right here is what we call little t or small t trauma meaning it, it does impact you and maybe even quote unquote wound you in some way it shapes you it shifts you it's not in comparison to what we think of like those really big traumatic experiences but learning to embrace that yeah it can be traumatic and that doesn't mean you you resist Who your child is, or you love them any differently, hearing that diagnosis can be hard. We're humans, we have emotions. Secrets. Are you keeping your child's diagnosis a secret from people? I see this early on in the diagnostic process. And then primary focus on doing. Your schedule is so busy, it is easy. It goes back to that primary driver of obligation. Are you just hopping from one thing to the next? So you might not have all of these. You might not have any of these. Potentially, it depends if you have that conditional mindset. But we think about how these experiences of being an autism parent could be shaping this conditional worthiness. And I'm sure as well, it's not saying that your child's diagnosis caused this. I'm sure even if we were to go back to your childhood too, that there's ways that this conditional mindset developed time and time again. So here's the thing. It's not easy to always shift your actions. And you can take a lot of input in and hear a lot about do this, do this, do this, do that. It's going to fix your problems. And to create meaningful change, though, it is about doing that inner work. We can sometimes, with external fixes, shift our internal states But more often than not, especially if you're repeatedly finding the same things pop up, is it's just a sign we got to do that internal work. I'll share with you just very quickly. As you guys know, I'm a psychologist, and it took me a really, really long time to start doing this inner work myself. I started working with a coach initially and then made amazing progress, got awesome results with this framework, too, of habits of thinking. And then more recently, I started going to therapy. And sometimes, too, it can be hard to slow down and realize that you need to do this inner work. And so if you're feeling resistance as I talk through all of this, just know that's really normal. Sit with that resistance. Ask yourself, why? Why is that resistance popping up for you? And all of this truly is just about holding up a mirror for yourself. And even if you're not fully ready to take that plunge into coaching or into therapy, into whatever it is to help you do that inner work, one way you can start this journey is by taking the Habits of Thinking Assessment that I mentioned. It will take you about 10 to 15 minutes. You'll get your results right away. It might be a lot to digest. You might need to keep coming back to it. But I do want you to remember, I want to give this caveat now in case you go take the assessment and you can take it at habitfindercoach.com forward slash Dr. Tay. It's also linked in the show notes. But it's important to remember when you look at your results that you are not the measurements you're seeing. It's simply how your brain is wired right now. And that is absolutely changeable. All right. So to end this episode, I just want to remind you that your true self, lives inside of you. We talked about listening and empowering your voice as a parent of an autistic child and how society may be, you know, diminishing that voice and how you as a parent can choose to make your voice louder, that you are the expert and to step into that role. We also talked about serving yourself and how challenging that can be particularly as a parent of an autistic child who has so many responsibilities. And we talked about three habits of thinking that might be contributing to the difficulty to serve yourself. So I hope you take from this episode to start empowering the version of you inside of you. Start empowering her or him if you are a dad listening, but start empowering her. Ask her what it thinks validate her, trust her, start empowering him, ask him what it thinks, validate him, trust him, start empowering it, ask it what it thinks, validate it, and trust it. All right, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Evolve with Dr. Tay. Thank you for listening. If you find yourself listening to these episodes and finding value, come join the Evolve Facebook group. Each week I record podcast episodes live in that community and host a Q&A after each episode. You get access to engage with me, plus you can connect with other like-minded autism parents. It is a community designed for you to feel seen, heard and supported as a parent of an autistic child and introduces you to my whole family approach. The group is linked in the show notes. I will be back next week with another real conversation about all things autism and your family life. Be sure to hit the plus or follow button in the podcast platform that you are listening to right now. This will notify you when the next episode is live. Catch you all later.